This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar, and uh, we got a good one today. It's Luke, it's Tanner. We're ready to kick it off. We got some, we got some new data sets that we're going to be looking at today. Um, but uh, by the way, we are, what's today's date? It's the 7th. We are 13 days away, no, four, 14 days away, so two weeks, two weeks away from future supply chain. Uh, up in Cleveland, Ohio. You've been hearing me say this a lot. It's because it's going to be a great event. You need to be there. Literally everybody uh, important in the freight and supply chain world are going to be there. So Tanner and I basically, and, uh, it's gonna be a great event. So be sure to come check out Cleveland. Also, I'm going to, uh, we're going to a baseball game. I think the day before, yep. um, with, uh, so you can come to that. Um, and then obviously we're going to have a good show at, uh, the rock and roll center hall of fame, which I've never been to. I haven't either. I'm really looking forward to that. I've actually never even been to Cleveland in a while. So yeah, that's a I think I've driven through it. That's about it. So I'm seeing it. But anyways, I'm excited to see it. Sounds seems like a good good spot. But uh so future supply chain. I mean, we're talking about this is the supply chain conference, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, freight and transportation are part of it, but so is warehousing, so is like um sourcing. So we're gonna be talking about nearshoring and reshoring. I mean, all these things that affect the actual supply chain beyond just one wheel, one cog in the wheel, which is freight and transportation. So it's gonna be exciting to see how they all all move and work together. Um but we got to talk. We just had uh, just had Memorial Day. By the way, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, I had a pretty good weekend. Finally got to hung by the pool for the first time of the summer. So really Love to see it. Do you have your own pool? Uh, In-laws. In-laws pool, okay. Got to take advantage of that. Do need to take advantage of that. I expect an invite. Um, so very important. We also started going to, we go uh, we go to a public pool, one of those people. But uh, anyways, great time. Uh, my son went off the diving board, uh, which was good. We'll take the win there. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, he didn't drown, which is a parenting win, right? That's how we measure wins these days. Now, uh, so we just have Memorial Day. So holiday, whenever, whenever holiday rolls around in the freight markets, we see some, we see a little bit of shuffling, a little bit of shuffling. Some is expected, some maybe less expected, but there's always a little bit of shuffling. Now we were for, I remember our show that we had two weeks ago, we were for, Tony was forecasting. I remember this. He forecasted it using sonar data that we were going to hit 226 a mile is what he thought rates were going to top out out over the weekend. Um, what are rates at right now? They're 226. Shout out to Tony. I really hate that he nailed it, right? Like if it was off by one cent, I'd be like, ah, whatever. He got, he nailed it. I mean, look at this. He said we were going to hit about, Memorial Day was going to take us to about 226 a mile. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, two to the cent. Yeah, nailed it. He's 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 not going to let us uh, let you live down that one. He's going to definitely talk about that. Yeah. So th this chart that we have here, right? So the green line is our forecast. This is a 28 day forecast. So mm -hmm. he did have that. Basically, the forecast is very close. It, it's honestly funny that it seems like the forecast is just a little bit ahead of the actual, right? So maybe I think it forecasted that rates were going to go up a, like three days sooner than they did. Yeah. Which I, I, honestly, I, I think 
freight waves on calls, stuff like that has been kind of bearish the last year and a half. So it's surprising to me to see that our forecast actually expected rates to go above what they actually did, right? Yeah, Usually yeah. It, it might act a little bit more bullish in the fact, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's disappointing, Luke, to see that the rates during the holiday weekend, edge, nothing really happened. No, I mean, very little. I mean, all we basically did is go, what's that, like two or three cents above where we were basically where we started May. We're like two cents a mile above where we started May. So really, there was a little dip going into Memorial Day and we just went right back above the dip. That's all that happened. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, people were actually kind of freaking out, right? We had that 20-day floor at about 223 a mile. And people were like, hey, is, is, is this the floor? Like, this is the longest stretch of time, you know, predating sonar data that we've had where rates have been at a floor and all of a sudden yeah. it drops another 10 cents. So I think a lot of people freaked out. Um, I... I, I got to get your opinion on this. Um, I unfortunately don't think that that was the bottom of the spot market. The two, what was it? 12 two, that came out? It was right around 213. 213. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I unfortunately just due to some things that I'm seeing in the data that we're seeing as a team, especially in ups of some economic headwinds. I just, mm -hmm. I unfortunately don't think that that was the ultimate floor. Mm -hmm. What about you? I, I, I told somebody I thought it was the floor the other day. <laughs> now, now, what I, I did, uh, the big caveat to this, I said, I think the f I think we've seen the floor, but I did immediately follow up with, I don't think we get off the floor for a while. That's fair. I, I do think like, in my opinion, we've seen the floor, but don't expect to get up off the floor anytime soon. No, no, not I, at all. That's, that's the view that I take. So I, very similar. I think you think there's probably a little bit more down, downward pressure and there could be. I'm open to that. I, I'm not against it, right? I mean, we've got, um, just economically speaking, right? I mean, obviously interest rates, we would expect maybe another hike there potentially, but even if not, you've got student loan repayments coming back soon. That's an extra $300 a month on average out of people's, out of 26 million people's pockets was the number. I forget. It's a lot. I actually read an updated article yesterday that I posted on Twitter that that three to $400 number is really more realistically up to 600 on average. And get this, Luke, Less than 1% of the 43 and a half a million, a million Americans that have student loan debt took advantage of paying towards their principal D during, during the stretch of COVID, less than 1%. That means 99% of those 43 and a half Americans just took advantage of the forbearance, which I, I understand, yeah. right? Inflation, things got out of control, their unemployment started rate rise, but I was shocked to see the, the two things, that that 400 number is now up to $600 a month in estimated wow. average student loan payment and that less than 1% of people actually paid down, took advantage wow. of paying down that principal. Mm. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that, that has the potential to cause a ripple. So that, that could be a reason, if it has the impact that we think, that could be a reason why the freight market hasn't bottomed. Correct. The reason why I'm open to the idea that it has bottomed but not going to rise up anytime soon is We've already seen a big shift away from spending on physical goods to services. So in my view, I expect that, let's call it up to $600 a month, more of that to impact the services market as opposed to physical goods. Okay. Could be wrong. But the other thing is there's also a certain amount of freight that just has to move through the market, right? Because at the end of the day, there's all these essentials. You can't stop eating, mm -hmm. right? Um Right. There's obviously a lot of medication. There's materials just to build things, right? We can't stop repairing buildings or bridges, right? All of that stuff. So there is a minimal threshold of freight that just has to flow in order to keep the country moving. 
Yeah, and I, I think, yes, I agree. I think that's a good point that I think services spending is definitely going to continue to slow. I, I think consumption spending is just slowing a lot at a higher pace, right? Yeah. I think people, I think, you know, the age demographic of student loan is, I don't know, let's say 20 to maybe 45, right? So you got to look at things. Maybe people stop buying a new graphics card for their computer. Maybe sure. people, maybe they don't buy that brand new couch that they've been eyeing, right? Maybe they don't go out and build a pergola in their backyard. Like, all What's a pergola? Pergola? Pergola is like is this, this. I feel like I don't know something right now. Like, per, a pergola? A pergola? You've seen a pergola. You've been in Maybe a I know what this is. It, it's it's like a, a, a octagon looking oh, patio. Wah, a gazebo. When you say gazebo, people think like, like yeah. Okay, a gazebo is a larger version of a pergola. Okay, I got yeah. you. All right, so, we're good. Continue. So yeah, so they're not yeah. going to get that pergola. Yeah, they, they're not going to get that pergola. I think people, that's what people yeah. have been spending that extra discretionary income on is like the the nice to haves. That goes away when $600 has to go towards yeah. the ones. That, so. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, you're right. So we, we could dip, dip further, but I think if nothing else, we're both in an agreement. Recovery doesn't start now. Nope. I think we're, I think that's very consistent. Recovery doesn't start now. The question is, are we at the bottom and we're going to hang out here or is there another leg down, mm -hmm. right? And and that could that could absolutely show up. Um, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, rates there. We've seen that. There's not a lot of movement. Now, the thing about rates is they're always a lagging indicator. They they really only tell you what's happened. They never really tell you where we're going. Now, um, so we get, we got to talk about volume demand. Um, let's go ahead and pull 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 volume up here on the chart. You know, for folks that are viewing this, you've seen this before, right? This is this is demand. This is what we we don't have to guess, right? So right now we're kind of guessing where demand or volume is going to go. But we'll have our answer soon. I mean, you know, very likely here in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a pretty clear answer of what, you know, Q3 is likely going to look like. Right now, you just got out of that big little dip there, which is Memorial Day. We bounced up. We're already starting to come back down. We expect that to come down. Historically, we always come down after Memorial Day. I think what tends to give an indication on what the year can look like is, is running into 4th of July just as hot as Memorial Day or is it not? Right back in 2019, that pink line, Fourth of July was below Memorial Day, but uh, in um, 2021 it was almost equal to Memorial Day. But uh, we tend to see a little bit of a down run here, slight bump around Fourth of July, and then really the summers tend to be pretty low for the most part. Yeah, summers comparatively, summer, anyways. Absolutely, and I, I honestly, I think that this blue line, the the one that we're looking at for today, I think it's if you just take 2019, the purple line, and just move it up just a bit, I. I think we're going to pretty be pretty much in line with 2019. Yeah. What worries me is kind of, you know, looking at this graph the last few years and seeing if there's some seasonality at, at the end of kind of September. You can see that pretty much the last four years starting in, I know you can't see September on this chart, but right before the October mark, you can see that every year demand has decreased going into Q, you know, Q3 and beginning yeah. of Q4 right before retail season. And I, I think that we will honestly, my estimate is I think that overall truckload demand will fall below 2019 levels when we get to about October. That could be. Yeah, it'll be really Because right now we've really been hovering about three, four, maybe 5% above 2019. Which is, yeah, it's marginal. Mm -hmm. Compared to where costs are, compared to where rates are, compared to where capacity is, um, relatively, it's, we're definitely lower. But uh, yeah, on an absolute level, slightly, slightly different. So that'll be interesting to see where, where demand heads. I think you're right, especially as we get into the latter parts of Q3, early parts of Q4 will be very telling. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the interesting part. I think if demand has hit its bottom, if we're at the bottom for demand, mm -hmm. right, and that's kind of the boat that I sit in, I don't think, 
I don't think you can expect demand to change. I don't think it's going to go up. Certainly not. I, 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 I accept the idea that demand can be at its bottom, but it does take time for capacity and rates are always behind demand. Um, now, if demand starts to fall further, everything else falls. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I don't think demand could possibly increase from a just people going out and spending, like no. needing more goods. But Luke, what, what I, I think it could happen, we, we could get shocked. We could sure. see a very large or multiple large asset-based carriers shut their doors. It, it, it could happen. It's happened yeah. before where we weren't expecting you. You'd be like, wow, that XYZ name? Like, no way. Like, if you do get a few large carriers all of a sudden shut their doors leading into the summer, you could possibly see demand start to increase. But yeah. again, it's coming from a supply shortage of trucks if that happens, not necessarily an increase in overall truckload demand. So there, there's a an increased demand on basically the trucks that are left, not so much a demand coming because there's more load tenders being right. sent out, right? That that's that's a fair conclusion, and we we can def absolutely see that, right? We saw that to an extent uh, back in 2017 and 2018. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see where it goes. Something that's a something that, that is interesting though is the LMI index, which is something we don't talk a lot about. The LMI index, for those that aren't aware, it's called the Logistics Managers Index. Which, if you're familiar with the PMI, it operates similarly, but for the logistics market. So it measures things from transportation pricing, utilization, warehousing, capacity, all of those things. And it looks at, you know, it's a composite, it's a monthly survey that goes out. We partner with a few universities to put it together. And um, it basically measures whether the logistics markets, again, at a composite, you know, transportation aspect, the warehousing, the pricing are growing or contracting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a feeling, right? Yes. And people people make sentiment. choices. It's a sentiment. Sir. It's a sentiment. People make choices based on how they feel, and so I think this is a great kind of contrast to the actual tender mm. data because now you know you've got the one side of what's actually happening versus the one of what people are feeling. So you're right. Fifty is kind of your baseline for for no growth and no contracting, right? So in any any when you're looking at any part of the LMI, anything above fifty indicates a growth environment or a feeling of growth environment. Anything below fifty is is basically a feeling of con contracting, right, or going or going down, right? Correct. Um, where 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 are we at from this recent update this week? Uh, let's see there. So we're we're basically right at fifty, fifty point nine. Which is, believe it or not, the lowest this index has ever been since data tracking or surveying began in late 2016. So for the last eight years, almost a decade, it's been, it's only ever been above 50, which would indicate there's a feeling that the that there is growth in the logistics markets. Now, that's not necessarily like you would say, oh, well, there's no way that it could be growing right now because you know rates are down. You have to remember, it's more than just truckload rates. It includes warehousing, right? It includes the utilization. So there, there's different aspects of this. Um, and also, right, if there's just more logistics activity for for one vendor or another, you're going to feel that in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, so right now, but I think what's really telling here is this, this index, it lags, it's slow, it's monthly, it's a survey, it's a feeling. But even if whether the actual logistics market is growing right now or contracting is kind of irrelevant for what this survey is telling us and what I think what this survey is telling us is regardless, sentiment is the lowest it's ever been. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you take away from this. Absolutely. And of course, this data set has never necessarily climbed above 75 either. So you kind of have a, a you know, you know, a 25 point beta, I guess you could yes. say over the last eight years, but still, I, I don't, I don't know what percentage drop that is from, from 75 to 50. I, I assume it's a 
50% drop, right? It's 25 exactly points. Right. Okay. So, exactly I mean, a 50% right. drop in the sentiment that's out there. And you're right. Like, dating back eight years, this is the lowest it's been. So, that tells me that people are ultimately thinking that they they haven't, they feel like they haven't seen more trucks right. on the road. They feel like they haven't seen more products sitting in warehouses. Like, that's, that's not yeah, exactly. a good sign. It, it's also not even just warehousing. Inventory goes into this as well. Yes. So, like, if you were, you can separate this by segment. Because remember, this is the overall. If you look at just transportation prices for the LMI, it's at 36, which indicates significant contraction. Again, that's that feeling that people are, are feeling. So, you know, again, when we think about this from a composite level, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, um, and that's why you're right. It's important to look at the actual data versus just total. But, I mean, yeah, 50% drop in sentiment is nothing to go overlooked. Yeah, nothing. And, and the fact, I think you bring up a good point is that there are parts of the LMI that are even down into the 30s, which mm -hmm. means that they people's sentiment is that transportation is shrinking. Less money is being sent. Less freight is sitting inside of warehouses, right? Yeah. People are, and there's also, a, I believe, like a, in, in a, a transportation cost like employee metric part of that, right? So mm -hmm. how, how much money are people making that are in transportation? Even that yeah. is starting to shrink. So I think there's quite a few elements in here that are even below 50. And I, I think that can pretty much tell us that moving into the summer, we can probably expect this to, to fall below that 50. A big reason why LMI is above, is technically still above 50 when you're like, there's no way, mm -hmm. is, because of, um, is because of inventory cost. Inventory cost are actually at 65 right now on the LMI, which is technically still very low. It was at 90 at one point. So it's come down quite a bit, Yeah, but that would still indicate that inventory, the cost to store inventory is still increasing. Hmm. Um, you know, which, which may make sense, right? If you don't have a place to put the, put it, we've seen a lot of inflation on the, on, um, on storage warehousing costs. So, you know, that, that may make a little bit of sense. Warehousing utilization is at 55 on the index. The lowest it's been in five years, but again, still kind of above that threshold. Still growing. Still growing yeah. just at a much slower rate is what we would yep. say. And I, I believe is there, there's a warehouse capacity metric of LMI too, right? Yeah, let's look at it. Um, do, 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 warehouse capacity. So warehouse capacity, interestingly enough, has hit almost, not quite, almost a five-year high. Hmm. Um, okay. And that's at about 55 on the index. So, which is, which is interesting, basically when, when a lot of other parts of the logistics industry are shrinking, the warehouse capacity should be going up, which will make that overall composite LMI never really dip super low, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, very interesting to think about, but basically LMI, it's a great, it's a sentiment index, it's great. super valuable for just understanding what other people are feeling. Again, you can look at the overall logistics industry, or you can break it down by certain segments, such as transportation, pricing, utilization, warehousing, inventory, go, go down the line. So super valuable in that regards. Um, Tanner, let's uh, let, let's let's uh, let's put our crystal ball caps on here for just a minute, right? Okay, all about it. What we've seen a lot here. Um, what do you think? So okay, l let me tell you where this is coming from. Yesterday was it yesterday? Two days ago, Apple announced mm -hmm. their augmented reality goggles. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you live under a rock. Now. They're just to give a little bit of a summary. Basically, these are like their virtual reality, augmented reality headsets. The reason why I'm saying virtual reality and augmented reality, those are two different things. Yeah. Augmented reality means I can interact with the real world with a digital overlay of some kind. Virtual reality is, is I'm truly shut off from the physical world. So um, they released their heads, their new headset. It doesn't come out for about a year, but it's $3,500. But I mean, it's incredible what this thing does. 
just from what they're, they're talking about it. Now, is it incredible enough for me to go and buy it like right away? Probably not. But in your view, augmented reality seems to actually have some potential applications. Because again, I can see the digital world in the physical world. Crystal Ball had here. Do you think there is a place for drivers or in the logistics industry where we will have a digital footprint like that? For example, like, could you see like the speed limit changes based on how traffic is and you know, that, that digital overlay comes into play, right? Or lane, maybe lanes don't even exist anymore on the highway. They just change based on, again, how traffic patterns are. Uh, I, I, yes, I think yes to answer your question overall, but isn't Tesla's kind of already there. That's true. When it, when, when the Tesla self drives, if you haven't seen a video of a, of a Tesla driving itself, just, just go check it out. It, it is pretty remarkable, but it, it sees cars in front of it and it mm. makes estimates around, Hey, I need to slow down when I get this close, or I need to change this lane because this car is up, up, coming up on my tail. It's already there. But as far as a digital overlay and augmented reality, yeah, I think so. And a trick, you know, transportation trucking is very, very slow to adapt. So I think you're talking probably 20 to 30 years after other industries start to adopt it, right? Like, yeah, we just started accepting the fact that there might be some type of electrification in the marketplace, right? And we're about 10 years behind when, when you know, Tesla and Volkswagen were starting to kind of come up with electric, you know, electric vehicles. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think, and back to your point about augmented versus virtual, I think virtual is the opportunity is much more about leisure and gaming and and kind of disconnecting from the work world. I think augmented reality has a much better opportunity for entering the like the professional space, yeah. right? Using it during work, using it for engineering, using it for possibly TV, right? Using it for driving. I, I think because you are displaying or you are altering the real world outside of you and what you're seeing, I think it has that. that's the play that Apple is making. And one thing I heard an analyst say the other day when they released the goggles that was interesting is that Apple will never, Apple has never and more than likely will never be a first mover, but they will always be the best mover. And when they decide to get into something, they're, they're the real deal. Yeah. I think it's going to be the same. I don't, I don't think that these ski goggles are going to be a $30 billion product like the iPhone. I just, I just don't see that. No. But I, I do think if they can get that price point not down. Not the first generation. Not the first generation. I mean, who's who? if you're spending $3,500 on a virtual reality headset when it first come out, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's a, I think there's a reason they gave it a full year. So like they announced it now, but it doesn't launch for almost a year. And it's because they want developers, third-party developers to make a lot of applications for it. Correct. Cause that's the problem, right? When, when Meta or Facebook launched, um, the new quest, right? Their virtual reality headset, there wasn't a whole lot you could do on it and people get bored, right? So this, the idea is to really give a lot of time, I think for developers to, to get ahead of it. Plus you just have the entire Apple, Apple ecosystem that you can tap into. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. When Apple does something they go into it, it's the real deal. They, they're not interested in being the first mover, but they are interested in getting it right the first time around. Um, I mean, even the iPhone, right? I mean, they weren't the first smartphone that existed. There were things like BlackBerry and other things out there, but they they changed the game for smartphones, changed the game. And and not to shift gears on you at all, but one thing that I, I read that I also heard, I watched the Apple event that's kind of telling, right? Is that, did you know that not one single time during that three hour Apple event, did they say the word AI? Not once. That was intentional. You think so? I think so. I think Apple 
Apple is not one. Apple doesn't play play the games that other companies play. Versus like if you listen to NVIDIA, uh, their uh, earnings report, they said AI, about 87% of their words were just, it was hello AI, how AI are AIU, yep. AI today. That was basically like what their, what their report was. Apple doesn't play those games. They're not interested in like, you know, being like this trendy, the trendy company in terms of like their mission statements or in terms of their marketing. They are, they're, they're the older brother and they, I, I believe they see themselves as the older brother, the older mature brother and everybody else are their kids' siblings. I genuinely think that's how they view the entire market. And they're not interested in what their kids' siblings are doing. Yeah. I, I'm just surprised that out of all the opportunities that our world has been talking about, that augmented reality is like the decision they went with, right? Like somebody at Apple, and more than likely it was Cook, made a decision. They looked at a, a whiteboard of ideas and, and growing markets. And they somebody looked at it and said, augmented reality is the one to go with. Like, yeah. Oh, that's that's tough. I, I, if they think that, then obviously who's to say they don't have AI in that headset? You know they do. There's a ton. They might. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it'll be interesting. I one thing, and we're gonna end on this though, just to kind of stay on that topic for a brief minute. I think if this really does take off and the goggles continue to go, and it gets good enough and it gets better, eventually it's going to be like a pair of sunglasses. And when it, and I think Apple is shooting for that. They're trying to get they're getting a group of people ready for the big stuff now. Yep. Because they have plans to get you to those a pair of glasses, and it'll be that slick. Makes me think of uh, the Iron Man. Um, yeah, what's the, Tony Stark's glasses? Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, that's, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. that's where we're going. That's cool. Anyways, folks, that's it. We'll see you two weeks. Future supply chain in Cleveland. It's been a pleasure. Stay tuned. More to come on the freight market. Is the bottom in, or is it not? We'll see you next week live on With Sonar.